him how blessed you are glory to God hallelujah glory to your name Jesus can you lift your hands and say then sings my soul my Savior God to Come on, lift it up. How great. How great thou art. Sing it to him. How great thou art. Come on, Zion. Lift your voice and sing it. Then sing. Then sing. here and the screen is there and all of you are here part of me is wondering what I'm going to do as well but um, I do know that the Lord has a very special word for us on today and uh, you just have to bear with me and stay with me you know it's not going to be something that happens all the time but a little change is good at, at times amen if you see anybody walking out just uh, tackle them in the name of the Lord amen praise the Lord no, don't do that. We don't need any lawsuits, but turn with me to Psalms 8, verse 3. And it reads, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man? that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now we all know that God is the creator of all things. It is something that we say and something that we have put our faith in. 
The songwriter sings and uh, this wonderful praise team extension just sang earlier today the chorus of this song. The songwriter sings, O Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. Which is the title of our time together on today, How Great Thou Art. Job 9 and 7 says, He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion, the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. In 2 Chronicles 2, it says, but who is able to build him a temple since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifice before him? Now we say God is great, that God is the creator of all, but somehow in the middle of all the worship and adoration and accolades that we lay before our Lord's feet in times of praise, I believe that we have limited God. I believe that we had limited in many ways what God is, who God is. We have limited and described God based on our own needs and limitations. We have called God our shield and our fortress because we are the ones that need protection and he is our protection but God is so much more we have called God our provider because we are those who are in need of provision we need foods like we need things like food and shelter and he provides for and he blesses us but God is so much more we call God our shepherd, leading us beside still waters and green pastures because we need these things. And he is our shepherd. But God is so much more. We say God is an awesome God, a great God, but we truly have no idea how awesome and great God is. Some of us picture God as this huge king with 
big flowing white beard sitting on a throne with all of this cosmic stuff going on around him, watching us, judging us with bolts of lightning in his hands, waiting to strike us down and punish us when we sin against him. We have thought of God like this. Marvin, give us the first slide. And we might want to turn the stage lights down just a bit so we can get a full view of this. I'm going to move out the way a little bit. Now, to anthropomorphize something is to give it human attributes and emotions. The ancient Greeks would anthropomorphize their gods. Everybody say anthropomorphize. That's your new word for today. Amen. <laughs> to anthropomorphize something is to give it human attributes and human emotions. In our cartoons, we see a talking rabbit or a talking car. That, that object has been anthropomorphized. But the, the ancient Greeks would anthropomorphize their gods and give their gods human emotions. They did this so they could make their gods understandable and relatable. Their gods were constantly being overcome with the human emotions of jealousy and lust and revenge and anger. In fact, that is who this is a picture of, Zeus. In fact, when the atheists out there say that there is no God, that is the image that they're talking about. What they don't understand, though, beloved, is God is much, much bigger than that. Oh, we serve a great God, but we have no idea how great our God is. We, in our, ability, in, in our inability to understand just how vast in scope and scale our God is, have in some ways done the same thing as the Greeks at times. Our scriptures tell of how God is a jealous God, of how the anger of God can be kindled and how it doesn't last forever, but jealousy and anger are primarily human attributes. We talk about the hand of God or the arm of God or the eye of God, and that's okay. It's not that the scriptures are wrong about God. The word of God is the word of God. And it is not to be disputed. Now, don't start thinking I've lost my mind. <laughs> Just roll with me for a second. We're going somewhere. But in our context, the highest form of life that can be expressed by us is that of the human being. We don't see anything higher on the chain of command walking around here on this planet. Now, human beings come in one or two forms, either male or female. And we call each other he or she. Our communication and our languages leave room for nothing else. But how do we describe something that is beyond our ability to understand it? That is beyond gender. That is beyond our ability to describe with words what it is. I mean, we can't call it it because it is not an object. We, the word says that God is not a man, that we should lie, but it still calls him a he. 
we have to use the word he because we can't think of a word higher than that in human language. Our words, human words, are woefully inadequate to describe what God is. I mean, we've seen God as our father and he is our father, but somehow we have forgotten that God is so much more. My contention is that we have limited God. Mankind has suffered from an incredible lack of perspective when it comes down to realizing how awesome God truly is. We have likened them to these things like father or shield or protector or shepherd or provider because that's all that we have that compares to what God is. It's like ants trying to figure out the internet. Even if you spoke in the language of ants so they could understand, ant language wouldn't be enough to convey how vast the internet is. As soon as you think that you have God figured out and defined, you've put God in a box and limited that which cannot be limited or conceived. Again, our words, any words, are woefully inadequate to describe how great our God is. When God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush and told him to go tell Pharaoh to set his people free, and Moses asked, well, who shall I say sent me? The only thing that God could say that Moses would understand is, I am that I am. Anything else would have made Moses' head explode. We would not have had the words to describe what that is. Now, <clears throat> my thoughts and meditation on this issue came from a sermon that I heard Bishop Blake preach some time ago. So anyone that has a problem with this can blame him. Amen. <laughs> the other points of meditation and reflection came from a man that I have to mention named Brother Louis Giglio, who put into words and expression many of the things that I was pondering. But in this sermon that Bishop preached, Bishop spoke about how everything that God has created is in perfect union and harmony with his will. He talked about how the earth is 93 million miles away from the sun. He spoke about how it takes the light from the sun moving at 186,000. 282 miles per second. I'm going to say that again. 182,282 miles in a second. It takes light moving that fast nine minutes to reach the earth. The light hitting us now is actually nine minutes old. This lets you know that the blessing that you're seeing today was on its way a long time ago. Just because you don't see it right now doesn't mean that it's not on the way. When the old saints say, my help is on the way, they were telling the truth, amen. Go on and give the Lord praise, amen. <laughs> but he talked about how it takes 1.3 million earths to fill up the sun. If you were to put all of the earth, the earth inside of the sun, 
it would take 1.3 million Earths to fill it up, and how our Earth orbits around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. This also lets us know that no matter how long you think that you've been stuck in that bad situation or stuck in that place in life, that you're not standing still. You're always moving, moving at about 67,000 miles an hour. <laughs> you're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. The earth spins that fast on its axis. It takes about 365 days to make the round trip around the sun. Bishop talked about how the whole universe acts in concert with God's will and excellence. It is a perfect reflection and expression of who he is and his greatness. And I was completely blown away. I started to wonder and reflect more on what he had told us. Slide two, Brother Marvin. Let's praise the Lord for Brother Marvin Drake up there. Amen. Ah, here's home, earth, home. There we are right about there. Everybody give a wave. They, they, can't, they can't see you there. But there we are right about there, Southern California. <laughs> Everything that has ever happened in history. Everything that you've ever gone through your parents, your ancestors, your children and descendants happened, is happening and is going to happen right here. You know, they used to think that it was flat up until about 1100. You a little bit too fast there, brother. Just slow it on down just for a second. Amen. <laughs> But they used to think that it was flat, and they used to think that it was the center of the universe. They used to think that it, heaven was about 20 miles above the surface of the earth, and God would spend all of his time with earth being the center of the universe, staring down at mankind, looking at everything that we were doing all the time. I mean, how else could God open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing? And they talk about the windows of heaven right around up there, you know. Or how when God flooded the earth and the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open, or how there could be four angels standing on the four corners of the earth and restraining the four winds of the earth. It is not that they were wrong when they were describing these things. They just suffered from an incredible lack of perspective. At that point in time, it had not been proven that the world was actually round. Can we go to slide four, Brother Marvin? Now, here is a shot of, yeah, slide four. Yeah, there we go. Here is a shot of Earth in comparison with the other planets in our vicinity. Bigger than the other planets in the picture, Mercury, which is closest to the sun right here, can you guys see that little pointer thing I have? No? All right, then I'm just going to leave it. Thank you. But Mercury, which is closest to Earth, which is closest to the sun, excuse me, is 57 million miles away from us at its closest point. 
Venus, which is the next closest, which is our big sister right over there, or our little sister, yeah, because she's still smaller than us. Venus, which is next closest to the sun, is 26 million miles from us at its closest point. 40 million, then we have us, which is third from the sun, and then 49 million miles from us going in the opposite direction of the sun is Mars, right here. It is the planet that our friends at NASA are currently trying to plan their next big mission to. Depending on the speed of the launch and the alignment of Earth and Mars, it could take us about 150 to 300 days to get to Mars. And then next we have little Pluto, which is the smallest planet in our solar system and, um, and the furthest away. We'll get to how far away in just a couple of seconds. Now there's an argument going on now that if Pluto is actually a planet, but we'll let the astronomers hash all of that out. Slide five, please, Brother Marvin. Ah, next we have Earth in comparison with some of the bigger planets in our solar system. After passing through an asteroid field and passing Mars, the largest planet in our solar system is Jupiter, the big guy, which is about 393 million miles away from us. And next we have Saturn, which is without the ring, so it can fit on the screen, which at its, its next closest orbit is 799 million miles from us, from Earth. And they're also trying to figure out if, or wondering if a moon which is orbiting Saturn named Titan and which is much bigger than even Mercury and Pluto could sustain life. Saturn has a moon that is bigger than the planets of Mercury and Pluto. And they're wondering if it can sustain life. In fact, there's more than 62 moons orbiting Saturn. We have one moon, Saturn has 62. Next in our solar system, we have the planet Uranus, which is at its closest point, 1.6 billion miles away from us. And after Uranus, we have Neptune, which is 2.7 billion miles from Earth. Pluto, which we saw earlier, is furthest away from Earth at 3.6 billion miles from Earth. You all still with me? Yes. All right, just checking it. So quiet, you can hear a rat licking cotton up in here, amen. But stay with me, we're going, we're going. Brother Marvin, side slicks, six, please. Okay. <laughs> Here's how big the sun is in comparison to the planets in our solar system. There you have Earth, this tiny little dot right there. Then you have, you know, Mercury and Venus and, you know, little Pluto, which you don't even see anymore on the screen, but... As big as Jupiter was in comparison to Earth and all of these other planets, the sun makes these look tiny. And think about the size of our sun as you remember the eclipse that we had just last year. Funny thing about eclipses, as big as the sun is, something as small as 
a quarter can block out the sun if you hold it close enough to your eye. Our problems seem so large to us at times because that's all that we allow ourselves to see because we're holding them so close. Our problems seem so large, but if you take a second to back away from your problems and lay them at the throne of God, you'll see exactly how truly small they are in comparison to how big our God is. Oh, somebody give me some praise. Give the Lord some praise out there. Let me know you're still out there. Now, the diameter of our solar system is 7.3 billion miles. It takes light traveling at 186,282 miles a second. It takes light going that fast 11 hours to get from one end of our solar system to the other, at its widest point being the orbit of Pluto. Now, beloved, at this point, we'll need to start defining distance in the measure that it takes light to travel in one year, which is six trillion miles. So light traveling at a speed of 186,282 miles per second for a year's time equals about six trillion miles, or a light year. We can't measure that kind of distance in miles because we don't have numbers that go that high. So now we'll start to say something that something is this many light years away. Marvin, can we go to slide seven, please? Okay. (laughs) Here's a picture of our galaxy. We call it the Milky Way. I guess you could say we'd be right around here in that vicinity. We do not want to be in the middle because we probably wouldn't make it. It takes light moving at 186,282 miles a second. It takes light moving that fast 150 thousand years to get from one end of the Milky Way to the other. It takes light moving at that fast per second, 150,000 years to get from here to here. And I did it in less than a second. (laughs) But comparing the size of our solar system, which it only takes light 11 hours to span, to the size of the Milky Way would be like taking the entire continent of America. Think of how big the North American continent is and dropping a quarter in the state of Arizona. And that's the comparison for how big our solar system is in comparison to the rest of the solar, I mean, to to the rest of the Milky Way. A quarter to the size of North America. That is really tiny. Now, even as big as our sun is, there are other stars out there. Here's our sun compared with the size of other stars out there. Marvin, can you please show slide eight? Ah, there we go. Sirius, here goes our sun right here. Remember how big it was compared to Earth a few seconds ago? Here's another larger star than our sun called Sirius. Sirius is 8.6 light years from Earth. 
His big brother Pollux, the star Pollux is 33 light years from Earth. And even bigger than them, the star Arcturus, which is 36 light years from Earth. I started looking at this and I started feeling really tiny at this point. But it gets worse. Brother Marvin, can we go to slide nine? Now remember Arcturus, okay, there we go, we still have it. At this point in time, at this size, our sun, which doesn't even cover the size of my, the tip of my little finger at this point, it is almost invisible. Jupiter, the planet that dwarfed us when we, a few slides ago, is completely invisible at this point. And then you have Regal, well, you saw how big Pollux was, and then now you have Arcturus, which was the biggest star on the last chart, which is dwarfed by the star Rigel, which is 864 light years away. After Regal, you have Aldebaran, which is 65.23 light years away. And, and Taurus, which is the big, one of the big guys up here, yeah, and Taurus, which they switched the names around, but Antares right there, you could have switched these two with Beetlejuice and Antares, but Antares is 619 light years away. It takes light traveling at 282,000, I mean, um, it takes light traveling at 186,282 miles a second. It takes it 619 years to reach Antares. Yeah, you can give the Lord praise. We serve a great God. Amen. <laughs> and Betelgeuse, which is the largest star up here, in fact, is 642 light years away. It takes light moving that fast, 642 years to reach that star. Oh, we serve a great God. Let's give our great God great praise. But we're not finished. Brother Marvin, can you show us slide 10? Uh, here you have Beetlejuice. Remember how big Beetlejuice was? Now we're going to move into his big brother. If you mess with Beetlejuice, you're going to have to mess with his big brothers over here. And we're not finished with that. But here you have Beetlejuice in comparison with some of the largest stars that we know about. There are others that we don't know about. You have Musephii, which is 6,000 light years from Earth. Right here you have VV Cephei A, which is 5,000 light years from Earth. And here you have VY Canis Majoris, which is another word for big dog, which is 4,892 light years away. It takes light moving at 186,282 miles a second. 4,892 years to reach that star. And these are just stars that we know about in the Milky Way. In our own galaxy, there's even more and more that we don't know even in our own galaxy. There are millions and millions more stars even in our own galaxy that we haven't seen. In fact, there are entire galaxies that we're just now learning about. For example, 
Marvin, can you go to slide 11? Here we have the Andromeda galaxy, which is one of the closer galaxies to us. It's about 2.5 million light years away. Just take that in. The light from our sun, if it was to travel to the Andromeda galaxy, would take 2.5 million light years to get there. Slide 12, please. Here we have the Triangulum galaxy, which is more than 3 million light years away from our galaxy. Slide 13, please. Here we have the Sombrero galaxy, obviously named, which is only about one-third the size of our Milky Way, but it is more than 31 million light years away from us. And slide 14. Here you have the Tadpole galaxy, shown here, which is about 450 million light years from us. Please show slide 15. And last but not least, we have galaxy EGS-ZS8-1, which is said to be more than 31 billion light years away from us. 31 billion light years away from us. Think about it. It takes light traveling at 186,282 miles a second. One, two, three. A second. It takes it 31 billion years to reach here. Just try to wrap your mind around that for a second. And our great and awesome God created all of this. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise. Hmm. Can you play softly, Brother Ed? Now, after seeing all of this, I had to sit and accept the fact that we are very very small when it comes down to how big this thing is. I had to realize that the span of time that I'm going to spend on this very small world that God created is going to be but a flash of a second compared to how long it takes for things to happen in this universe. But the real question, beloved, is, is why did I show you all of this? Why bring out all of this information? Why bring out all and highlight all of these unimaginable distances? Well, it's because sometimes we have a tendency in our human nature to forget. Sometimes we can suffer from a lack of perspective. I mean, we also suffer from a lack of imagination, but with this, but with this, I'm not talking about imagination. Because what we've seen here today, what we're looking at here, is not someone's imagination. It is real. Hmm. This isn't some new age theory. This isn't someone's idea of what's out there. This is real. There really is a star called B.Y. Canis Majoris and Musephii. There really are stars that make our sun look like a speck of dust 
in comparison. There really are galaxies out there that are billions and billions of light years away. This isn't some new age idea. This is real. Get on your smartphone and check it out if you want to. So again, beloved, why have I spent this time talking about all of this? And it all comes down to this. Slide 16, Brother Marvin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whoa, somebody give the Lord praise in here on today. Colossians 1 and 15 reads, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The unimaginably infinite God of the universe took a selfie. And when he took a selfie and looked at it, it was Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. As great and as vast as our God is, that greatness and that vastness pales in comparison to how much God loves us. Oh, our Lord deserves some praise on today. Now, I also brought this up because sometimes we in our human nature have a tendency to put ourselves at the center of the universe. We have a tendency at times to think that our pain and our problems and our issues are the biggest things in existence. And just like we in our ancient minds thought that we were the center of the universe, we today sometimes tend to see our problems and our situations as the center of the universe. And sometimes we miss the pain of others because we are so consumed with what we see missing in our own lives. Our own issues and our own pain seem so large to us, but that same God that created and maintains this vast, unimaginably large universe, one, the same God that created this unimaginably big universe is so much larger than any problem or issue that you could be facing. Oh, we could give the Lord praise for that. can't leave this next part off. The next part of that too, he cares so much for you that he has the hairs of your head numbered. Not only the strands of hair that you have on your head, but each strand of your hair has a number. He even gives the strands of the weave that you have in your hair a number. He has that one numbered. <laughs> he sent his own son to this tiny speck of a planet and he died for us. And we sometimes forget that if God can create a universe as vast as this, that he definitely has a plan for each and every one of our lives here. Amen. We've sometimes doubted that God has a plan for our lives. 
We sometimes forget how our unimaginably vast God could create all of this that we see and things that we don't and can't imagine that he has a grand design for your life. We see so little of his greatness that in our limited vision, we forget how vast and how powerful he truly is. When you are literally outside of the flow of this great universe and nature, when you are not in God's will for your life. Everything else is in perfect order out there. And here we are with the choices and the decision that God has gave us and we decide to take that choice and not follow him. How could we do that? It has been said that we are God's masterpieces. But sometimes we forget that. We sometimes think in our smallness that there is nothing we can do to make the world a better place. That we ourselves can't make any kind of a difference. That we ourselves are just like everybody else. And, and we are, but that we have nothing to give to the world and the world wouldn't miss us if we were gone. Life has tricked some of us into thinking that we are even less valuable or less capable than other people. We live our lives subject to the circumstances and the problems that we are going through at the moment and we never realize the power, the greatness, the beauty that God has put inside of each and every one of us here. Hmm. We forget that when a healthy human male extends his seed, he releases close to 1.2 billion sperm cells in a single discharge. 1.2 billion sperm cells are in a race and only one cell can win. Only one cell is going to fertilize the egg. All the other billion sperm cells are going to die. The cell that became you, you, fought up against 1,199,999,999 opponents and won that race. The greatest odds you'll ever face in your life were defeated before you ever even got here to this planet. You were a winner before you even came out of your mother's womb. That's how God can say that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I knew you had what it took to make it. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I knew that you were a winner. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I knew that you were more than a conqueror. The odds of you making it here were one and point two billion to one, and you made it. You're not only one in a million, you're one in 1.2 billion. So somebody give the Lord some praise in here today. Everybody stand up. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made 
I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Everyone, bow your heads and close your eyes. Billions of people on earth, billions of people on this earth, and God made each one of us different. None of us with even the same fingerprint. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God is so God that he didn't even make two of the same kind of snowflakes. Trillions upon trillions of snowflakes have fallen and none of them are alike, each one an original. There is no one on earth with your fingerprints. There is no one on earth like you. There never has been, nor will there ever be another you. That is why it is so important that you connect with your source your creator. That is why it is so important that you have a relationship with Almighty God. The time that we have here on earth is a, not a very long time. There are sea turtles and certain species of jellyfish that will outlive human beings. The best that you can do with the time that God has blessed you with on this earth is to give your life to him and let him show you who you really are. Now is the time to give your life to Christ. Now is the time to accept him into your heart. If you want to know the purpose of a thing, you do not ask the thing. You have to ask its Maker, We spend all of our time asking ourselves, what is our purpose? But if we really want to know who we really are, you need to ask God, our creator. He loves you. He wants you to be well. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. That you would have a future and a hope. Our great God, the great God that created Beetlejuice, V.Y. Canis Majoris, Memucephii, 
and billions of other stars and galaxies that we know about and many more that we don't know about loves and cares about you. Even with all the vastness of this unimaginably large universe, he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. He sanctified you. He anointed you with power and purpose and destiny. Let him show you who you really are, who you could be at your highest potential. Give your life to him today, and I guarantee you, he will give your life back to you. God bless you, and I love you.